Alright everyone, we are back. This is Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. Thank you for listening to the pod. Thank you for downloading. Please listen all the way to the end, that would be great. Today we are covering episode 9 of the Netflix docuseries Breakpoint. This is a live commentary track. This is me watching the episode for the first time. Episode 9, Under Pressure. Two very different up-and-coming stars on the court. America's Francis Tiafo and Poland's Iga Swiatek push to realize their potential at the U.S. Open. So, yes, we are talking about Tiafo. Let's see if I can find that profile. He's got the athleticism and the artistry, but he hasn't yet developed on the biggest of stages. I want to show the world what I can do. That's my goal. We'll go with this. Francis Tiafo, the story behind tennis's unlikely hero. How the son of African immigrants became the future face of American tennis. By Jerry Bembry, June 27th, 2019. Francis Tiafo was always in search of a good game. While literally growing up at the Junior Tennis Champions Center, JTCC, in suburban Washington, D.C., he paced the grounds of the 15-acre indoor-outdoor tennis complex, racket in hand, until he found the best competition. At six years old, he was too young to take those opponents on, but he was old enough to learn. You'd see him sitting on the bench, but he was so small his feet didn't even touch the ground, recalled Vesa Ponka, a founder of the JTCC, who currently serves as the senior director of tennis. But he'd watch the top players and the coaches who were working with them and was always completely focused. Then he'd go to the back wall of the facility and mimic everything he saw. A total student of the game. Tiafo, the son of immigrants from the African nation of Sierra Leone, was the poor kid who fell in love with a rich man's sport. He was the son of a tennis center custodian, wearing hand-me-downs while the kids in his orbit arrived at the JTCC in chauffeur-driven Rolls Royces. Now we see Tiafo wearing a hoodie. His hoodie says GOAT. Likely a reference to Serena. Continuing with this article here. Some of those kids, looking like a million bucks in their designer gear, teased Tiafo. What's with that same Pikachu shirt you wear every day? Your big toes sticking out of the hole of your shoes. You need a new pair. Why are you wearing khaki shorts out here while playing tennis? Today, Tiafo 21 simply laughs. Okay, on the show here, they're talking about how he uh, doesn't have consistency sometimes as a player. Looks like he's going to get the win over Diego Schwartzman here. Yep. Tiafo is high-fiving people in the crowd. 
Now we see him backstage. With Francis, I think he was ranked about 80. He's done well. And we're hearing from Wayne Ferreira, Francis's coach. <laughs> yeah. He's obviously very unique. He's always laughing and joking he's, around. Yeah, he's a happy guy. That's important in life and in sport. Are you really going to try to see if there's a way to figure out how to reset on the surf? Rather the other level of joke. Just spent three sets serving like shit. You just made it much harder than the creeping Instead of like being a little bit sort of negative, just reset and say basics. Ferreira's criticizing Tiafo, and Tiafo's got to look like, I don't want to hear this shit right now, man. You're ruining my moment. That means Ferreira's doing a good job. We've worked on a lot, but I think the most important has been focus. He's had to change a little bit of his personality and the fun side to try to get a little bit more serious. He has the ability to do it. <sighs> the... the... <sighs> fun... people that have fun can be successful. In life, generally, I resent the notion that you have to be buttoned up to be successful. You can have both. Now we're... Ian Broomfield? I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. I, I'm, I'm totally ignorant on that pronunciation. So, we're not going for dinners. We're just going to lock in for two weeks and see how far we can push this. That's the right attitude to have. Focus and stay locked in. He can really do this. She's already the best girlfriend that's been in the show. So, nice, uh, nice pick there, Taylor. Or, God, what am I saying? Nice, uh, nice... Tiafo's in a good relationship, let's put it that way. Okay, going back to the uh, article here. He's gone from living with his dad and twin brother in the tennis center's storage room to a luxury apartment with an amazing view on the southwest D.C. waterfront. He's grown... Okay, now we're talking about Sviantec. Okay, we'll take a detour, we'll talk about that. All right. Now she's hit the okay. little director's thing. Yes, now it's time for her debut in episode 9. The thing about Sviantec, she does not engender clicks. She's not good for content. In the Roland Garros discussion, when she was winning, there was not a big cultural reaction to that, about to her dominance. For how successful she already is in her career, she does not get clicks, which is interesting. Players much less successful than her, like a Kyrgios, get many more clicks. And there's a reason why she's been withheld till the ninth episode. Kyrgios has headlined two episodes so far, and Sviantek has not been the face of this TV show. There's a reason for that. She's putting her head down and trying to win as many tournaments as possible. I've talked about... I've talked about how I feel about Sviantec before. We've covered the streak on this pod. Go back and listen to the Roland Garros 2023 Megapod with Tammy. We get into our thoughts about Sviantec there. Don't necessarily have to restate them 
please go listen to the rest of the pod. She moves like a cat on Getting back to the Tiafo article here. Like a bull in the same time. He's grown from the kids soaking in, te- soaking in tennis knowledge to becoming the future of American men's tennis. And that kid whose wardrobe lacked variety was featured in a GQ magazine profile and fashion shoot, rocking pricey clothes and accessories supplied by trendy designers, including Prada, Louis Vuitton, Fendi, and Giorgio Armani. His style now matches his play, Fierce. The circumstances in my life have definitely changed, said Tiafo who was preparing to play in Wimbledon next week. This is in 2019. But those poor, poor jokes back then really hurt. It made you feel in the back of your mind that you weren't cut from the same cloth. In many ways, however, Tiafo's cloth was different. I have a lot going on in my mind. Constant Tiafo and Alfina Kamara were immigrants from Sierra Leone who escaped the nearly decades-long civil war that began in the West African nation in 1991. They escaped Sierra Leone separately but met in suburban Washington, D.C., where Tiafo worked as a day laborer and Kamara as a nurse. In 1998, in Maryland, Francis and Franklin were born. I'm not a fan of the big loud stuff. You can distract me. Shviantek's talking about how she does not like the New York lifestyle. That's also affected someone like Petra Kvitova in the past. About a year later, Constant Tiafo began working on the construction crew for the JTCC, located next to the University of Maryland campus in College Park. When construction on the JTCC was completed, he was hired as the head custodian. To make more money, he took on extra hours. That created longer days, leading him to eventually convert a storage room just off the coach's office into an overnight living space. Because Kamara worked night shifts in her nursing position, the kids spent most nights each week in the storage room. And that just keeps me super grounded. I have one crazy story. It was a. P- and Tiafo's talking about this stuff literally now. It was a pretty small room, Tiafo said. There were two massage tables in there, and my father slept on one, and me and my brother were small enough to share the other. My mom's apartment was maybe three minutes away, and we'd stay there on weekends and other days when she was off. But the living situation wasn't really a challenge for the Tiafo brothers. It was the only life they knew. It's what we had to do to survive, Tiafo said. My parents were trying to make ends meet, and Pops gave us a chance to be in a good setting after school. The tennis center exposed the twins to a luxurious life that was foreign to them. Naturally, over time, Francis and Franklin became envious. That was until the two traveled to Sierra Leone for the first time with their mother, who was visiting her home country to attend a wedding. The Tiafo brothers, who were... The Tiafo brothers, who were eight at the time of their first trip to Africa, realized their struggle was minuscule compared to the extreme poverty they witnessed in the villages of Sierra Leone. 
People living with lights off for a week, having to shower with cold water, just living a life that was harsh, Tiafo said. The poverty there is crazy. You see it on TV, and then you see it up close, and it's like, damn. People were really hurting, and there was very little hope. Witnessing those conditions firsthand drove home two important lessons their father had drilled into their heads. Don't worry about how anybody else lives, and be grateful with what you have. Those kids were in the street playing soccer, and they're poor, but they're not asking me, why me? And they're not feeling sorry for themselves, even though I'm feeling sorry for them, Tiafo said. For them, that's all they know, and they were content. It made me understand that as an American citizen, I had opportunities and I was capable of doing whatever I wanted. So they're talking about the Tiafo Nadal matchup now. American players against top players in the world, they have a very poor track record. I'm not going to pull that stat. I don't have it in front of me, but it happens rarely. Anyway, at the age of 12, Tiafo knew he wanted to be a professional tennis player. By then, he was working under the tutelage of Misha Kuznetsov, who spotted Tiafo on his first day working as a tennis instructor at the JTCC in late 2006. Before arriving in Maryland, Kuznetsov had been coaching junior players in Pennsylvania. At the JTCC, he was looking for new talent to develop, and Tiafo stuck out. We are seeing all of Sviantek's stats here. Her coach and her team must have a very analytical approach. She, she does strike me as... Uh, <laughs> I was hoping when they filmed, for once you wouldn't hit the ceiling, her coach says to her. Well, bad design, Sviantek says. It does not surprise me that Sviantek's team is heavily statistic-based. We're seeing her sports psychologist now. Listen, when you have the momentum, forget about your emotions. I lost the momentum half through the second set. I blew it. But being a champion is about getting back in there and winning the last point of the match. His relationship sometimes obviously is intense. She's a very strong and very witted person. Now she's in the hairdresser room. We just have to make sure that she's able to tie it back up, talking about her hair. I refuse to sacrifice my hair to sport when everything else is, says Sviantek. I want to really improve with my mentality to make right decisions on court, so I'm trying to find the right balance. Mental toughness is key. She is mentally tough, there is no doubt. She's the strongest on tour right now, probably. He, going back to the Tiafo article, he wasn't any more talented than the other eight-year-olds who were there, Kuznetsov said. But when I came to work in the morning, he was there. When I left at night, he was there. I saw a kid who was always there, and a kid who I could teach as much tennis as I wanted to. 
Within three months of their meeting, Kuznetsov had entered his new student in tournaments, and Tiafo was beating the players in his age group and higher. He was bigger in size than most kids his age and more athletic, Kuznetsov said. By the time he was 10, he started beating kids who were 12 and older, and at that point, I knew he could go on to be a professional one day. Being in the fourth round and playing rough on center court, those are kinds of things as a kid when you grow up playing tennis you dream about. Looking back, Tiafo, who worked with Kuznetsov until he was 17, appreciates all that his first coach did for his development. He dropped everything to work with me, Tiafo said. He took me to tournaments, paid my entry fees, helped me succeed. It was a constant grind. When Tiafo, at 12, told his parents that he wanted to play tennis professionally one day, he was met with an incredulous gasp. They thought I was crazy, Tiafo recalled. But what are you going to say to a kid that's 12? No? At the same time, you want the kid to be realistic. They had no desire of other African families who wanted their kids to be a lawyer or a doctor. They just wanted me to be at the age I'm at now with a degree. Instead of following his parents' advice, however, Tiafo chose to receive guidance from actor Will Smith, who over the years has flooded the internet with advice videos. There was one that resonated with Tiafo. Quote, There's no reason to have a plan B because it distracts from plan A. Tiafo at 12 put all his chips on plan A. Now we're talk now we're doing the Tiafo Nadal match here. We can talk about that. From, from Nadal's perspective, this was another chapter in his injury saga. Just to be blunt, if both players play their best, Nadal wins. Nadal on hard courts, late in the season, given the injury that he had had coming in, having, being unable to complete Wimbledon, losing early in Cincinnati, he lost his first match there to Borda Choric, the eventual champion, did Nadal. Despite that, Nadal was still very a formidable opponent on this day, and like they were talking about, like Tomlanovich was talking about in the last episode of this show, about the mentality of playing Serena, it's very crucial to have a, an appropriate mental approach to a situation like this when you're playing a guy like Nadal. And we heard Contivate in the last episode talk about what the situation was like when it got overwhelming for her. And we heard from Tomlanovich, who ended up succeeding in that situation, and we're hearing from Tiafo, who also ultimately succeeds in this situation. Interesting moment for the crowd. You have an American playing the doll. Normally, if they were playing other people, each guy would be the number one clear-cut crowd favorite. But Nadal didn't play well, but he played well enough to be a legitimate challenge and to be a legitimate win for Tiafo on this day. 
It was a big day for American tennis when he beat Rafa on this day. It was a big day for, you know, uh, a black male player to be doing that. There's no doubt. Especially against a white European guy that had all the success that Rafa's had. Rafa has a yacht. Tiafo doesn't, just putting that out there. So the dynamic of that is interesting. This is like three episodes in a row where I've gotten into race as a topic. But it's the legitimate part of this discussion. The crowd is definitely into it at this point. Going back to the article. I'm gonna really have to dig deep. Play Getting a scholarship, graduate from college, and then being a pro athlete was all a waste of time, Tiafo said. They didn't come from a tennis background, and they didn't know what my skill level was. They would soon find out. By the age of 14, Tiafo was playing in tournaments overseas and gaining the admiration of international junior, junior tennis fans by winning the under-14 world championship in France. At 15, Tiafo became the youngest player to win the prestigious Orange Bowl International Championship in Florida. At 16, he was invited to compete in the qualifying draw of the 2014 US Open, just months after being summoned to participate in a hitting session with Rafael Nadal before the French Open. Rafa's shot is into the net, and Francis Tiafo is the winner. Big moment, for sure. Rafa crosses to Tiafo's side of the court. He probably has some idea of the significance of the win for American tennis. Absolutely. At 17, the age at which he turned pro, Tiafo made his Grand Slam main draw debut at the 2015 French Open. Playing that event as a wild card, Tiafo became the first American to play singles in the main draw of the French Open at that age, since Michael Chang and Pete Sampras did it in 1989. As Tiafo's career caught fire, Jay-Z's Jay-Z's Rock Nation Sports began a pursuit. Tiafo was invited to Jay-Z and Beyonce's On The Run Tour stop in Baltimore in the summer of 2014 before he played in his first Grand Slam and got a chance to hang out with the power couple before and after the show. Jay-Z, one of the most influential people on the planet, made his pitch. Tiafo's mother, still favoring an education over a professional career, was not swayed. Ultimately, Tiafo signed with Rock Nation in 2015. Tiafo gets a kiss from his girlfriend after this win here. He did. He did shock the entire tennis world. That's a good line. Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards is in the backstage area to greet him.
start getting tagged and all these things. They start realizing the what you're doing. Tiafo is looking at a tweet from LeBron James. Congrats, young king. You earned it. Yeah, that's a big deal. John McEnroe, boo. Francis beat Rafael out there. He didn't lose any focus and intensity. Correct. He really showed him that he's a great tennis player. He got the win over Rafa fair and square. It was a legitimate win. No excuses, as I said before. I never want to play him again. Totally legitimate. Tiafo's ascent was swift, to say the least, but it wasn't always glamorous. I went out there at a young age and got exposed, took my beatings and paid my dues, Tiafo said. It involved a lot of character, but this was all part of my plan. Tiafo isn't sure that what he's accomplished would have been possible had he lived a life similar to the more fortunate kids at the tennis center. Oop, bus party, party on the bus. Let's go. That looks like a fun time. Party, let me have a beer. All right. It's quarterfinals day at the US. Quarterfinals, eight players remain. Back to the article. If I had the opportunity in life that they had, would I have wanted it that bad? Tiafo asks, or asked. Would I have gone to school? Would I think it was bigger than tennis? Would I care as much as I do now? The life I led, even with all the struggles, was a blessing in disguise, he added. This was meant to happen. In the moment... Some of the big name players of the tournament have been sent packing. In the moment after Tiafo's five set win over Andreas Seppi in the third round of the Australian Open, sending him to his first Grand Slam quarterfinal. Wait a minute. Third round quarter? There's something missing there. He bowed his head as he was overcome in what appeared to be complete exhaustion. Then, after shaking Seppi's hand, Tiafo clearly got a second wind. He tossed his white headband, stripped off his shirt, and proceeded to pound his chest before breaking out the high-kick silencer celebration made famous by LeBron James. The crowd loved it, breaking out in chants of Tiafo, Tiafo. James enjoyed it and posted his appreciation on social media, which caught Tiafo off guard. I was like, clearly he knows who I am. An excited Tiafo said during an Australian Open news conference. The James team later gave Tiafo some new kicks, meaning shoes. But while many might see this year's Australian Open run, 2019, as the turning point of his career, Tiafo points to the to the win over the player he idolized, Juan Martín del Potro, ranked number 10 in the world at the time. At the 2018 Delray Beach Open, Tiafo eventually won the tournament for his first and only tour win to date. He has since won two more. In 2009, I'm watching Del Potro win the U.S. Open, which Roger Federer had dominated for years, 
And I'm like, he's that dude, Tiafo said. I have idolized him since and never thought I would play him or beat him. After beating him and winning that tournament, my entire mindset changed. I felt like that cemented my status as an ATP player. Tiafo won that Delray Beach event as a wild card, the first wild card winner. He cracked the top 50 in the world rankings last year, 2018, and this year he was ranked as high as 29th after his run at the Australian Open. Tiafo was such a hot commodity that Octagon, one of the world's leading sports agencies, signed him as a client in 2018. As one of the rising stars of American tennis, Alastair Garland, a vice president at Octagon, said at the time of the signing, his addition to our roster further solidifies Octagon's legacy in men's tennis. Can you just get out there and keep pushing away the people that want to take your crown away? When Octagon invited Tiafo to its Virginia offices in February, shortly after his impressive run at the Australian Open, the person with perhaps the biggest smile in the building was the woman who wanted him to pursue academics, not professional athletics, his mother. I'm so proud of him, said Alfina Kamara, sitting on a sofa near her son Franklin, as the images of Tiafo flashed on the television monitors throughout the Octagon offices. He's always loved playing tennis, and now he has this great opportunity. In an era of tennis that's been largely dominated over the past 15 years by Federer, Nadal, and Novak Djokovic, Tiafo wants to be in the group that's next. He's the youngest American to win an ATP event since Andy Roddick in 2002. But being considered one of the top American players, Tiafo is ranked 39th, John Isner is the top-ranked American at number 12, is not enough. For me, it's a chance to prove to myself and everybody else that I can be world number one for many I want years. to win slams, and I want to be the best in the world, Tiafo said. I'm living the dream that I tell kids about when I speak to them. It's not where you are, it's where you're going. Be obsessed with being great. Unfortunately, greatness can't be spoken into existence. You have to perform. Since Tiafo's run at the Australian Open, his play has been inconsistent. He played five matches over his next three tournaments, losing opening matches on three occasions. Impressive runs at the Miami Open quarterfinals and at tournaments in Portugal quarters and Madrid round of 16 gave hope that Tiafo had turned the corner with this game. But Tiafo lost his opening match at the French Open, throwing up several times during the five-set defeat. That's all they know. Were people reaching out to you from like Sierra Leone and stuff? Oh yeah, even the president and the first lady were watching. Were watching, and they were posting it, everything. No, that's good. The president of Sierra Leone was watching uh, Tiafo's match. He came from so far to get to this point. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, he's gonna do the thing. You've proved to everybody that you can do it. So now let's see what's next. Yeah, yeah I don't take this moment for granted. I'm gonna leave. Did right there, back to the article. Did success at Melbourne in January put pressure on his career? There's no pressure, Tiafo said. I haven't been playing big boy tennis. I'll be fine. 
Before Tiafo traveled to Europe for the French Open, he spent two weeks of preparation at the place that birthed his tennis career, the JTCC in College Park. I'm Carlos Alcaraz. I'm 19 years old. Carlos, I mean, he's special. Maria Sacchari says that he's special. Extraordinary. The athleticism's through the roof. This kid beat Novak and Rafa back to back to win a title. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Oh, yes. oh yeah, the Alcaraz center match. It's gonna be a dog fight. No. No, no, I don't feel pressure, says Alcaraz. Almost done with this article here. Let's get it in the books here. He's like a big brother to the kids here. It's a place where he can be himself, said Ponka, the senior tennis director at JTCC. We have 150 kids here all the time, and they always hang around with him when he's here. That's a good stat. First black man in the U.S. Open semis in 50 years since Arthur Ashe. That's rarefied company. Back to the article. It's great that he comes back. The center, the first regional training center for the USTA's high-performance program, has produced a long list of NCAA champions as well as two notable professionals, Tiafo and Vera Zvonareva, a two-time Grand Slam singles finalist, two-time Grand Slam doubles champion, and Olympic bronze medalist. As Ponka walks around the complex these days, He's closely watching the practices, games, and habits of the young players who all aspire to have a professional career. I'm looking for the kid who loves the game so much that they can't get enough, Ponka said. I'm looking for the next Francis Tiafo. That's the quality and extreme love for the game that helped elevate the son of African immigrants to his place as the future of American tennis, a place he's reached against all odds. I really shouldn't be here. I overcame some incredible odds to get to where I'm at today, Tiafo said. Hopefully there are some young people who will look at me and understand that if you are obsessed and being great at what you do, you can escape any situation. And there it is. There's that article. That's a great feature there by Jerry Bembry. Appreciate that, Mr. Bembry. Now we're end an addendum on that. Francis Tiafo is now in the top five after he won the grass title at Stuttgart last week against Jan Leonard Struff, saving a match point. I'm getting my ass kicked. Third set down, six one. Down an early break. You know I got this packed crowd stood behind me. Tiafo is not as good as Alcaraz. So, that's going to be a problem if Tiafo ever wants to win a major. Michelle Obama's in the crowd watching this one.
it was definitely interesting to have a Grand Slam semifinal be contested by two relatively young guys. Two guys under the age of 25. Tiafa with a volley winner. Huge crowd reaction. Tiafa looks up curiously at the crowd and says, Let's have a little more. I'm putting my heart on the fucking line, he says. Let's go. Going to a fifth set. Late on a Friday night. He is pumped up. Every kid is going to tell you, I want to win Grand Slams. I want to be number one in the world. Do I want that? For sure. But, but for me, it's bigger than that, man. Like, when I'm playing matches, like, I got young kids wanting to be that. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's nice. That's pretty good. Another monumental cheer because the American is still standing in the fifth. Alcaraz lobs Tiafo for the winner. Match point. Alcaraz is the winner. He's going to the finals. We could have heard from Rude during this episode. He made the finals, but we haven't heard a single word from him, right? Unless I missed it. Ladies and gentlemen, could we hear it for Carlos Alcaraz and Francis Tiafo, please? Francis Michelle Obama applauding Tiafo. He looks very emotional. He did. You know, he did give it everything he had. That's a great speech. Those kind of promises rarely happen, though. In the moment, saying, I will come back and win this one day is great, but stuff happens. Roddick said that at Wimbledon before. It didn't happen. So you have to be careful about saying those things in public or trying to legitimately follow up on those things in reality. Michelle Obama wants to have a chat with you. Is that okay? 
Oh, I don't think I knew that. Dad, I did it with, you know, loved ones around, family, team. That meant a lot to me. Are you disappointed? And you should be. We're not leaving this. We're leaving with our heads so high. Yeah. And you you leave here like feeling like a million bucks. I think sometimes he struggled a little bit on the belief of if he could be that guy, you know, could he win a slam? Could he be top ten? Could he be number one in the world? I hope they show this. That would be cool. He believes that he has the ability to win a Grand Slam. And that's the key. So, you we were both very proud of you. You did not let anybody down tonight. Don't even let that spirit come over you. Thank you. You are amazing. Have been amazing. Made us all so proud. I think he's that's neat. What tennis has given him, places it's taken him, the people he's been able to meet. I never really feel like I was the last American going. I felt like I felt like I was so much bigger than that. Like looking in that stadium and seeing a lot of people of color watching tennis. That's what meant a lot. Tiafo's getting high fives from a lot of people working on the back there. Congrats, go win this thing, Tiafo tells Alcaraz. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. That's cool. That was a good moment there. That was good. Now I want to create more moments like that. How did he get the name Foe? I still don't know that. I'm going to have to look that up at some point. Morning of the women's final. All right. Let's go find uh, how did Francis Tiafo get his name? What's Ons like as an opponent? Is she gonna see that? Oh, she's really tough. She's gonna play up to win. This final is gonna be very difficult. The image of Iga winning all the matches scares most of the players on tour. But I am hungry to win. We're not friends anymore. It's a warrior mode. Nickname is Big Foe. Doesn't say why. Okay. Um. I don't see anything here. Think about all the things that may really stress me. Place is full of fans ready to cheer for both these players. Please. Uh, quick internet search didn't reveal it at the top, so I'm gonna drop it for the time being. Friend or foe was on his hoodie a minute ago. That was good. Jabor got to the finals here at the U.S. Open. Seriously? Man, that would make me look really stupid. My memory is not what it used to be. Wow. Yeah, she did. In the, the last couple podcasts, I've said how she didn't really do anything since uh, making the Wimbledon finals. I'm sort of right. 
in the way that she didn't win, and that, you know, besides this tournament here, I was right. But in this match, she had no chance. Jabor had no chance in this one. The U.S. Open... The U.S. Open crowd is awful. They should be ashamed of their behavior on a day-in and day-out basis. What they did in the 2021 men's final, absolutely disgraceful. People just think they can act like animals now after COVID in public. They have no concept of manners, no empathy, no understanding that other people are there too. People just act like animals. It's outrageous. Energy to not see the screen, and the only time I look at the screen, there was Matthew Ferry on the audience. I love friends, so that's the only thing that can distract me, you know. Matthew Perry from Friends in the audience, yeah. Is now under a bit of pressure. See how she handles this. has caught fire and she's back on serve my head is with all its thoughts match has started to turn five all in the second set nice serve from Jabor Sviantex down the line forehand goes wide second set tie break I think this is it Right now. Ooh, they smash cut up. They're alternating between images of her on the court and images of her relaxing in the pool or meditating, which they had earlier in the episode. Slow motion point here. It's just all close-ups, so I can't tell what's happening on the point. Okay. It goes out. Sviantek is the winner. To date, this is her only Grand Slam off of uh, Clay. If that pattern continues much longer, she'll definitely start to get labeled as Nadal got labeled in 2007, 2006. And the surfaces debate could become an issue in her career but obviously she still has many years to change that her team has tried to get her to realize her greatness I never really thought that's gonna be possible for me I feel something surreal happened ladies and gentlemen come true and I'm 21 so I should have more dreams right she's still a kid but she has all the tools in the toolkit to dominate for a long time she's a leader for us and she pushes a lot of the last four winners of the US Open looks like it's in um, Andrescu Osaka I feel like this is 
Radakanu and Sviantek. Interesting collection of four players there. Alright, coming up. The next episode is the last episode of the first season. And it looks like we're going to be covering the tour finals. That'll be an interesting episode to end on. She was a mess. Sometimes there's something deeper than yeah, my 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 opinion of yeah. Yep. I'm from Belarus. I just hope for the peace. Honestly. Yeah, that's not enough. But I cannot quit. If we're gonna get into Sabalenka in the next episode, guess what? It's gonna be more political talk on Trips Tennis Talk. Okay, that is it for this episode. This episode was much better than the last one. I think that's this is this is probably one of the better ones. This is an eight. This is definitely an eight out of ten. This one was good. I think what I said last time about there not about there's too many episodes. I think that's true. I think ten is too many for what they've got. I think five to eight would have been appropriate. Maybe five's not quite enough. Like this could have been a six episode, seven episode show. Ten's too many. There's too much time to fill, I think. But yeah, we're gonna end on a positive note. This was uh, one of the better episodes. 8 out of 10. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We got one more left. If you've listened to all nine commentaries, thank you. And we will uh, do it again soon. Here comes the sound effect. All right.